You are now entering a mahogany forum where we hope you find a resilient soul resonating message sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb with your host Alexa, an urban researcher. Follow her as she curates Mahogany Honey, the podcast dedicated to culture, social change, education, relationships, and so much more. So, hello, hello. Hi, everyone, to Mahogany Honey, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have a special guest. I am so excited, as per usual. I'm excited about everybody, but this one's dear and near to me because this is who I work with right now, and I just loved having her and be part of the team of Mahogany Honey, uh, the podcast, and Mahogany Forum. And we're going to talk about branding, media relations, and social influence. So if you're ever wondering who does my cool posts, who's basically helping me upkeep and maintain my page, this is who it is, you guys. (laughs) So I can't wait for you guys to hear her journey um, as she gives you and provides you guys with her uh, tools on how to overcome barriers and find motivation as she herself embraced her own purpose. So I can't wait to talk about marketing, aesthetics, being organized, branding, building relationships, and so much more. So take it away, Rosalie. Let the people know who you are, girl. <laughs> hey, guys. So like Alexa said, my name is Rosalie. I am, you know, Dominicana, like Alexa. We're Dominican sisters. Hey. Um <laughs> Hey, hey. Um, so my family actually immigrated here and I was the first person to be born in the United States. So pretty much very Dominican household. Right. Um, I graduated from the University of Florida with my bachelor's in economics, which is weird. Right. I do nothing that has to do with economics, but that's how it goes. Right. I don't. Re- right. I, I, I don't like economics, but, you know, I was the first person in my in my family to graduate with a bachelor's. So I finished for the sake of finishing, you know, what you start. But I really have always been a creative at heart. So that's what I'm doing now. Right. I own a video production company, as we're going to talk about. And I just always loved creativity and film and all of those things. So I'm really excited to now be actually doing, you know, what I love to do versus anything else <laughs> oh my goodness Rosalie I didn't know that and the funny thing is hey. you're part of the economic without me even knowing <laughs> I'm adding you to the economic racial equity I can't make this yeah up. the podcast I arises studied economics. super random but I studied economics yeah yo this Crazy. was not on purpose you guys this was not even planned <laughs> these are the she didn't know these are the moments where I I have serendipity moments with my guests. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Yep. You know, obviously, I like economics in a sense, like real-life economics. But you know how it is. School, studying economics, and, like, real-life economics, very different. So. <laughs> and you took a career. Uh, you changed a little bit uh, in your career path. I mean, I'm sure it still contributes to the way that you perform your startup, but like a big change. But I think I also, like I was saying, I think I did know um, from early on that I didn't want to necessarily do that, but. Okay. Yeah. So I think, um, I think from the, 
I think early on, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to do anything career-wise that had to do with economic economics, but I kind of just felt like, might as well finish, you know, and I'm glad I finished, but I also knew, I think even going into like my second year, that it was just not what I actually wanted to do. I did not want to be an economist. I did not want to do any of that. So, but I still went through with it. So I'm glad I did. So, yeah, it's still following you. <laughs> <'Cause> look, right? <laughs> that's so funny. Um. Okay, so let's get into nitty gritty stuff. You know, I want to know what comes to your mind when you think of branding, media relations, mm-hmm. and social influence. Let's start with branding. What comes to mind? Yeah. So when I think of branding and we were talking about this, I pretty much, I think a lot of people, when they think of branding, they think of you, they think of me, you know, because we have businesses and we have, you know, you have Mahogany Honey Podcast, I have the Glow Media, and it's really easy to put branding in that box where it's like, okay, you're, I guess branding only matters if you have a business or, you, you know, you're an entrepreneur or whatever, but I think that branding is so much more than that, and I think branding is really just who you are. I think we all have brands, whether you're just a mom or a wife or a student, you have a brand because you are the brand. So I think when we realize that branding means so much more than just an entrepreneur or somebody who like has a business, but it applies to all of us because we all have a brand, whether we like it or not, we all have a brand, you know? So, yeah. And let's talk about media relations. Yeah, so um, I think media relations, at the beginning, I was kind of like, what does that mean, you know, but reality is that we talked about this, right? I'm like a a little bit of a type A personality, like, I kind of want to do things on my own, but when I realized, as I've gone through this journey of, you know, having a business and realizing that relationships are so important to building a sustainable business and I can't do everything on my own just like you can't do everything on your own and I think that when you realize that that you need a team to really create a sustainable business and like it kind of frees you in a sense though right it's difficult for some of us I know it's difficult for me because I want to kind of like be in every single detail of everything like for me from from planning the vision to filming to editing sometimes I want to be 100% involved in every single thing but then I realized that the reality is that I need different types of relationships with an editor right with somebody who's a creative director maybe that can help me bring that vision to life in a sustainable way and create a business that that lasts, you know? So, yeah. Right. And help us expand our business because sometimes as our baby grows, right, our business grows, we need a lot of hands to kind of just help it become what it's supposed to be, right? So you don't want to stifle the growth of your business or limit it. Um, mm. because you want to pretty much handle and do everything yourself at times. And I think I, before we started recording, I talked to you a little bit about my own experience that I had with that and how that can definitely um, stifle you in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Rosalie that I, because in transparency, when you're starting a business, and you're still trying to find ways to, you know, fund it or just, you know, pay people who are on your team. You, when you're still a startup and you're trying to figure out how to monetize, 
Some people are are balancing a nine to five or or they're trying to take mm-hmm. something on full full blown. Um, what's your circumstance right now, Rosalie? Is it full time or are you balancing a nine to five and also this? Mm-hmm. So I actually am doing it full time right now. Um, I officially launched. It hasn't even been a year yet since I officially launched my business. So before then, I was pretty much doing it kind of like, you know, doing the projects, but I wasn't doing it as a business. I was kind of just freelancing. And ever since I launched, I mean, it's been really good. I've been able to, you know, create a, a great income at least a growing income, let's say that, right? A growing income. And I think I also have the support of my family and stuff. So I just graduated college uh, in August of last year. So thank God for the support of your family though, right? Because if it wasn't for that, I may need to get a nine to five, right? But um, I'm grateful that I'm able to pursue my passions because I have, you know, I know that I have the support of my family. And so I'm able to do that with that support. If it wasn't for that support, not sure I would be able to do it, right? So agreed. I'm on the same boat as you. If it wasn't for my family and the support that they have, I probably wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. Exactly. As well. However, in the process of seeking a nine to five, there's people who are very um how can I say, fully committed and in their faith in themselves and their belief in themselves to fully rely on themselves to bring about a business. However, yeah. for me, I, I'm in progress. I, yeah. my faith is a muscle. And right now I'm figuring out whether to take that path of like to do a nine to five, which eventually I'm on that. And I was telling Roselli yeah. how there was an opportunity that did come about for a nine to five as an assistant director position. And I was this close to getting the position, and mm. one of the things that they asked me about was, hey, could you do a task for us just to get an idea of your work style? And I said, sure, of course, and I took it on gung-ho, you know, like, I can do this. And they got back to me, and it was the last thing I was just waiting on for them to be like yes or no for me. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, so continue. so continuing the story, right? I took on the task and like I said, they came back to me and they were like, uh, thank you. You know, you're you like, we love what you did. You came on strong. However, we're going to move on with someone else. And I was like, so heartbroken. Once again, faced a rejection, heart on the floor, shattered because it was something I was very much looking forward to. However, I, I, prayed on it, meditated on it, and I was like, what was it? And the first thing that came to my mind was, you didn't ask for help. You know, you didn't ask Mm -hmm. for help. And someone who may be in an assistant director position, you need to know how to share tasks and know how to balance tasks and learn how to explore that. And it's very telling. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that they look into if if you're capable of and knowing when to ask for help. Let's talk about social influence and how that may look like to you. Do we realize at times that we are social influencers? Because at times I'm like, look, I am not the all. I'm not the one, the all, the person to come to for everything. Like I don't know at all. Okay, I'm just on here trying to find my purpose. Like okay. and I'm just trying to share that with you guys. I'm trying to share my journey with you. That's basically what my page is. Yeah. However. 
it comes to a point where you, whatever you're doing, it starts inspiring other people. So tell us a little bit what your take is on social influence. And I really like that you said that because I think sometimes we only see ourselves as social influencers if we have a huge platform, right? So just like, no, like, you know, what I'm trying to do, like, I mean, me and my thousand followers, like, what do you mean? But the reality is that, like, we really are social influencers. If you're inspiring one person, you are a social influencer, you know? And I really believe that. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, let's say even myself, as I work with other people who are who are inspiring others, right? Like whether it's through a video or through a commercial or through a post, it's I feel like it's really important to value the audience that you have. And I think that sometimes we don't do that because we're looking for the next thing. We're looking for the 10K and the 20K and the 30K. But when we really value the audience that we have at the moment, I think that's how we grow it. And like you were saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to just share my journey. But I think sharing your journey is authentic social influence. You know, that is social influence and it should be social influence at every level. But I think sometimes when people gain a large audience, they forget that they're they forget to show their human side. And that's where we get, I feel like, so much of the perfectionism on Instagram, you know, but it's like, and even in business, and that's something that we're going to talk about as well that I wanted to share is just like, in entrepreneurship, we only see the like, very, very glamorized version of entrepreneurship. And I think that one of my missions is to share like, the real side of entrepreneurship, you know, sometimes I'm up to 3am editing. And like, that's part of I know y'all see me maybe in Tulum, but like, that's cute, but that's not always entrepreneurship. You know, reality is entrepreneurship takes work and it takes sacrifice and it takes not sometimes not going out with your friends and doing things that you want to do. So it's like, I feel like it's so important as social influencers, which we really all are, is to really show the real side and the authentic side of what we're doing. Not that you don't share your wins, but are you ever sharing the sacrifice as well? And I think that that's really important because then we have this side of like, yeah, quit your job. And it's just like, no, but like, maybe don't, you know, because like, entrepreneurship is hard (laughs) like maybe having a job is a good thing right now you know so I feel like there's so many different aspects to social influence but I think one of the most important things that I feel like are important to me is sharing the authenticity of your journey and I think that that's what makes social influence so powerful yeah no great was a great response I appreciate you saying that um because same here I'm like you know, I want to share my hiatus moments because we need to take a break from time to time because we're consistently in it. From the minute we wake up mm-hmm. to the minute we go to sleep, like, we might be working. And these yep. little moments that we get to share with you, that we get to be human and actually enjoy. So I share, like, some of my pictures. I'm in Tulum or whatever, like you said, or in DR, having a good time with my family. And it's like, no, this is this is like a moment. This is a very minor moment. And the immense, like the Mm -hmm. majority of what I'm doing. Yep. (laughs) Every day. Um, Yeah. I think that's so important to share. Yeah. Cause I, we Mm -hmm. do see some, a lot of like uh, social influences on, you know, these media pages that it's like, Oh, I have, I drive a Range Rover. I do this. I'm doing that. And it's like, yeah, I hope you guys are scrolling down to like when they first started. Um, so you can really see like 
the levels it took to get to that point and I'm sure you everybody's probably tired of hearing that like yeah yeah I know that I know that but it's like no we can't stress it enough because even us we forget Mm -hmm. when we're in the process getting caught up of like man I really do wish I was on the yacht right now (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so that and so for for me when I think of social influence too I think about I don't know if you think about this too but like and and the work that you're doing and the work that you do because you're a lot yours is a lot of media related mine is very hyper focused as you can see on black indigenous people of color and kind of just bringing more visibility and representation to hey there's professionals out there hey there's business people out there who who are doing things who are doing valuable things and so let's talk about a little bit of like who do you mainly serve yeah. So really, I serve like for profit businesses. Usually I serve businesses that sell products or services. I work with examples, skincare brands or clothing brands or sometimes realtors. Um, it really just depends on the project, but really mainly businesses. I know obviously, um, film and all that, it can take a variety of different forms, but I mainly serve businesses. So it's not, I'm not the wedding videographer, you know. Not that. So really, I focus on businesses. And I think um, you had asked me why. And I think the reason why is because I've always been very passionate about entrepreneurship and like really, I guess, helping people create that time and financial freedom, you know, that we're all looking for. So I feel like I've always been passionate about that. All of my family are entrepreneurs, like my uncle owns a jewelry shop and my mom owns a real estate business. My grandma owns like three hair salons. So I feel like there was Dominicana al fin, right? So I feel like I've always been really passionate about entrepreneurship. And with the knowledge that I've gained, even through college, I think I'm able to do entrepreneurship and and help people create something that really elevates their business on a different level, you know, I think sometimes people, like, let's say my family, I think a lot of entrepreneurship has been out of need, in a sense, like, I'm an immigrant, there's really no other way for me to get ahead other than starting a business. But now when you're doing things not out of need, necessarily, but more out of passion, you're able to really create something that's amazing, you know, so I feel like, with the grit that I was taught in the hard work, right, but then at the same time, now, like, I'm choosing something that I'm passionate in because I have that choice. I'm able to put those together and create something, you know, really cool. So what led you to to start, you know, your own business? A little bit of like how you were saying that passion and whatnot, but what really led you to be like, now I'm going to do this? Yeah, I think for a while I was just like, Obviously, like I said, my my entire family is like entrepreneurs, so it's very like my the whole my home culture is very like you are not working for nobody, like get your life type of vibe, you know, like you need to create your own like financial freedom type of thing. So I think that that's always something that I had in the back of my head, like Rosalie, like what, like what do you like, like you know, and it really all started, which I don't really talk about this often, but I think it all really started with a YouTube channel, and I started that YouTube channel. I still have it, but now it's kind of it's been a hiatus because now I'm I'm obviously the person I was three years ago and the person I am now is very different. You know, I don't have time to just be making videos about random stuff, but I think that that YouTube channel really started my passion for film. And my passion for like editing and all of that. Um, so there was, a, it was really like at the beginning of quarantine, I started kind of like asking myself, like, 
what do I love? And I was reading, um, I was reading a book by John C. Maxwell, and he said something that I think sparked everything inside of me. And it said, find something that you would do for free and get so good at it that people pay you for it. And when I heard that quote, I was like, wow, what do I do for free? And what I what I would do for free is film pe- film people stuff. Like I loved everything like social media and like film because obviously people would see me and my camera for my YouTube channel. So anytime they needed anything that had to do with cameras, they'd be like, Oh, like I have this, can like you shoot it for me? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure, of course. I do it for free. So I would do a bunch of stuff for free. And then I was like, Wow, I do that for free all the time. Literally happily. So why don't I get so good at it that people pay me for it? <laughs> I was like, okay. So I feel like it was really that quote that started it all. I think for a while I was kind of asking myself, like, what do I want to do? Like, I know I want to, you know, I don't necessarily want to work a job or, like, just, like, work a job and just sit there and not have anything that I'm working on, right? Because I never, I'm not the entrepreneur saying, a job, don't get a job. Like, I feel like your job can be your investor, right? And that's something that I hear. I don't know if you've heard of Lisa Nichols. She always says that, like, your job is your investor. And I think that that's really important. Um, But at the same time, I was kind of like, man, like, what do I love? Like, what do I want to do for my life? Like, like, what do I, you know? And I think that that quote really sparked that in me where I was like, wow, I do this for free all the time. Why don't I actually build something of it, actually gain the resources and the knowledge that I need? Because even though you know how to do something, ever since that moment, I really started investing myself into learning um, more than just normal about cameras, about editing, uh, about the different editing softwares, about how to actually build a video production business. Because you can have... You can have the knowledge, but do you have the business knowledge? Because just because you're good at it doesn't mean you can build a business on it. So, yeah. Amazing. Like, and I've seen, I've witnessed your work and we see the, I see the detail in it. And so let's talk about a little bit of that. Cause I feel like that's what makes you, you, right? The way that you do things yeah. aesthetically, your design, how organized you are, how you organize yourself. So give me a little bit on that, like mm-hmm. the importance of that for you. That was a lot. So like how I organized myself or like. Yeah, go ahead and start. You can start there. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, it's funny that you say organization. Organization is really, really important for me because if not, I go crazy. Like my brain cannot handle it. I don't sleep. Like I'm like the person with the agenda, writing everything. So uh, organization is really important for me. And something that I learned from, I don't know if you ever heard of her, but she's a YouTuber called Erin On Demand. And I started watching her probably like two years ago or something like that. And she always does something that's called the top three. And ever since then, every morning or every night before the day after, I always write down my top three. So I think sometimes especially as entrepreneurs, like, we have so much going on. I can do a million things tomorrow. Like, I have a lot to do. Let's be real, right? But I think when you kind of like, okay, I have all that to do. But if I if I can have a successful day, three top things, what am I going to do? And I think that that has really helped me to be not busy but productive. Like, instead of doing a bunch of little tasks and like, oh, okay, yeah, I did this. Oh, check, check, check. But then you're at the end of your day and you're like, I didn't really do anything that's moving me forward. So that's something that I've incorporated that has really helped me every night before the day, the next day, I write my top three. Okay, what do I have to do? One, two, three, I get those done. I had a successful day. So I think that that's been really important for me. And I think it also allows me to be like, 
Because I think sometimes we only celebrate ourselves when we get to, like, that level. Like, oh, I can only celebrate myself when I have $100,000 in my account. Like, something like that. And it's just like, okay, girl, I understand, but you just did the three things that you said. And I think you should celebrate yourself for that. So I think it gives us opportunity to celebrate. It gives me opportunity, which I do struggle with celebrating myself, to celebrate. Okay, Sally, you did your thing today. I'm proud of you, you know. Even though it wasn't a huge thing, it's something. So... That's something yes. that I've incorporated. And tell us a little bit about design. Like, what influences the way that you style your graphics, the way that you shoot your videos, the way, like, what is it that you use and, like, aesthetically, like, what yeah. is pleasing to you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I think I'm more of, like, a minimal gal. So, like, obviously. Obviously, I'm more on the minimal side, but I think at the end of the day, um, depending on my client is what I'm going to create, right? So every every client is different. Somebody may want, like, I know, let's say for you, like, you like minimal, but, like, retro, right? So that's something that I kind of try to include in that, right? So I'm honestly, like, Pinterest is super key. Pinterest is really, it really, really inspires me. So I have, like, a bunch of Pinterest boards. I be scrolling on there. It really, really, like, gets me pumped creatively. Um, so I'll be scrolling on there and just have different ideas. And anytime I see something like that, very like editorial, I love editorial type of vibes. Like let's say for video, I really like things that are different that maybe have never been done before that are kind of weird because I think that when somebody sees something weird, they're going to remember you. And I think that that's really important when it comes to video specifically. So yeah, I mean, I think that Pinterest is something that really inspires me watching yeah I mean Pinterest is key for me personally as a creative so got you no I mean same here I'm usually scrolling on there trying to get ideas for me it's more so like the feeling that comes out of what I'm seeing I'm very visually stimulated and so I try to do graphics or just the colors schemes or whatever it is to evoke purposely very intentional on design the vibe that I want towards a a certain topic or whatever. Cause like, even when I was doing this new segment on segment two, I was Mm -hmm. like, Rosalie, I want red. We went from like yellow and turquoise to like, Rosalie, I want red now. And you're like, okay, yeah. All right. Let's work with that. And like, we had like a whole color scheme. Right. And it was very intentional because I picked that specific color because for me, it was almost, it's a color that calls your attention. It's very alarming. It's very urgent. And I think that when we talk about economic racial equity, it's a very urgent for me that we really have these conversations. Um, yeah. So just being intentional of how you brand yourself and market yourself out there. And those things, would you say that those things are purpose, especially like the way that the algorithms now are set up, like, is is that would you say is important? I think definitely the I think everything is about people are not necessarily going to remember. And that's what I was saying, even like the people see something different. They might not remember exactly what it was, but they just remember the feeling they got when they saw it. You know, and I think that what you're saying is so key because people and people always say, like, people won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you make them feel. And I think that that's really important, not just in branding, but in life. Right. Like somebody, a kid that I talked to might not remember exactly what I said. But if I speak to them with kindness later on in life, they'll be like, wow, I really like that girl. I don't know why, but like, I really like her, you know. And I think that that's with everything, with branding, with personal life in general. So. Yeah. 
And to give the people a rundown more of what you do again, um, just in case, mm-hmm. you know, to bring back our listener, it's videography, yeah. um, assistance mm-hmm. with branding. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much I do like um, mainly um, I do like directing. So like videography, like creating commercials for brands um, and cr- it's really content creation. So in various different aspects, whether that's TikToks, whether that's an, an Instagram ad, whether that's a commercial for TV, right? It just really depends on what they need, whether that's a graphic. It's really mainly content creation. And amongst that, 98% of my clients are video clients, so, like, film. So, yeah, that's really what I do. And that's exactly what we need on this. Yeah, right? On Mahogany Honey Production Studios, because that is a business. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's an LLC. That's a real thing, you guys. Yeah. So let's talk about the breakthrough moments that made a difference, that made you be, like, this is what I'm doing. And I and I asked that because in the beginning of our conversations, you talked about how your path was economics. And mm-hmm. just what was the key moment, if you can remember, that you were like, was it like uh, an, a, an assignment you did? Was it like a teacher, a professor? Was it um, a job you took? Like, what was it that was like, this is what I'm committing to? That's really interesting because now that you ask it that way, I have such a different answer than what I had like written down, right? But we're going to go with the one that I'm thinking now. It's really interesting that you asked that because I, I guess this wasn't even in my memory, but I remember being at the University of Florida and obviously everyone there is like super smart and like very like, I want to get the highest paying job and like whatever, right? Which is awesome. I love that. But I remember always feeling very like, in a sense, like misplaced. Like, I didn't know, like, when you asked me what I wanted to do, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't want any of your job. That's kind of how I felt. Like, I don't want any of it, honestly, to be. But I also felt very uncomfortable speaking that because I would be like, what do you mean, girl? You don't want to work at the Hilton or be? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to work anywhere that you guys are offering me, you know? And so I feel like I remember going to this. It was kind of like one of those places that you go and there's a bunch of different companies and you try to get an interview. And everybody in my, I think I was a junior at the time, everybody was doing it. And I was like, wow, I guess I have to do it too. You know, I don't really want to. And I have no desire for any of these jobs, but I'm still going to go because that's what a UF student is supposed to do, right? So I go, I have my little suit on and whatever. And I remember getting an interview with the company and I you know I go to the interview and I just remember leaving the interview like I don't know I feel like I had just done so much to try to fit in with like what a student at the University of Florida would look like that after the interview I was just like I'm not doing this anymore I literally was just like I'm not doing this anymore I was like forget the resume forget the this I'm not doing this anymore because this is not my real desire. I'm doing this to try to not look crazy in front of all these smart people. Like, that's really what I'm doing. And so I think after that moment, I was just like, I don't feel like doing this. I literally have no desire. Like, you know, in an interview, they ask me, oh, why do you want to work here? Like, I honestly don't want to. I'm not going to tell you that, but like, I don't want your job, you know? And I feel like that was like a breakthrough moment. Not that I realized what I wanted to do, but that I realized what I didn't want to do. And I just felt like 
I kind of freed myself of trying to live up to these expectations of other people where I was like, it's okay if they look at me weird. It's okay. Like, I don't, it's fine. I, I was just over it at that point. And I was just like, I'm not sure what I want to do, but I know it's not that. So I'm done trying to like do all these things and feeling so much pressure to have it all figured out at freaking 19 years old when I don't have it all figured out. And that's okay. You know? that's okay and I feel like that was like a really breakthrough moment where I was kind of like okay with not having it all together not knowing because reality is that in college this is a very freeing statement nobody really knows what they're doing everybody's just acting like they know what they're doing you know that's just really usually what happens everybody acts like they know exactly what job they want then they get it and they're miserable you know it's like you don't usually know because we're all growing and we're all evolving. The person that you are now is not the person you're going to be in five years, you know? So I think when we free ourselves of like trying to fit in and like, it's just like, you don't want to do that. And don't do that. Like, what do you want to do? Like read books, try to find what your passion is. And I think that that's really important when you're not doing things to, to make somebody to like impress somebody else. Like, am I happy with myself? Am I happy with what I'm doing? And I think when we ask ourselves that, that's what's super freeing and has been super freeing for me so with that said so what do you what would do you aspire for your clients to take away from your business like what is the mission of your business pretty much yeah I mean the mission of my business is really just to use my gifts to impact and elevate others and I think that I really want people to honestly do the same like we all have God-given gifts, right? Obviously, I believe they're God-given, right? And it's like, I think sometimes we live our lives kind of like, oh, like, da, da, da. you know, just going about like every day, like if we have forever, you know, but it's like, man, when we realize that like God has put so much in us to impact the world, but like, are we actually doing something to get it out? Because he's not going to do it for us, you know? And I think something that, the thing that I had written down about breakthrough was that what a breakthrough moment that I had was just I think so often we feel like in order to be an entrepreneur we have to like remake the wheel like we have to create a new wheel and like do all these things and no because why would I do that there's a billion people doing it like why would I why would I like try to do video when I know a billion people trying to do video like that's so stupid you know why would I try to start a video production company so many people already do that I think a breakthrough moment for me was when I realized, like, the market is not too oversaturated. Like, like that's not real because the sauce that I bring to the table is different than everybody else. Nobody can do it like me. Nobody can do it like you, right? So it's like when we realize that, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, how many, I don't know, T-shirt companies are there? But each one can be successful in its own way. So it's like I think when we realize that, how many podcasts are there? A lot. But each one can be successful in its own way, right? Just because I can start a podcast right now and be very successful. It doesn't matter that there's a, thousands of podcasts out there. So I think when we realize that and we just, I guess, act in faith and not in fear of what could not happen. Like, what if it doesn't work? Okay, but what if it does work? So Very much so. Very much so. I, the funny thing is when I did my podcast, I didn't even think. It, it, it that's true there's so many podcasts out there but I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind mine was just like yo I have so much lived experiences wow even prior and even right now like 
the one I just shared with you, that was just like a week ago. And I'm like, I need to share this because people need to know, like, some of my L's I've been taking. Like, hey, that's that can be an L. Hey, look out. Just be mindful. Like, that's just always who I've been at the core. And so, like, mm. I've, I've, I felt great that I had a safe space to to do that. To cre- And I had to create it, though. It wasn't there. Right? I had to create it. So I completely. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And and when I and going back to you, of mm-hmm. course, I could have picked a thousand people, Rosselli. Like there was, I literally, you go on Instagram and like, right. But I was just like, no, like this is, this is who I want. I don't know why, but this is who I want. Like, so like there's, there's something. There's that sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The sauce is real. <laughs> the sauce is very real. So don't please listen. Please tune in. Like if you're listening, this is the key highlight moment of the of the podcast <laughs> episode. So let's talk about personal or professional losses since we're already on the topic and wins along the way. You you heard my L this week. What has been some L's or wins actually, either personally or professionally, since you started Glow Media. Um, you know, a lot of losses, a lot of wins. I think that, I think a loss is that I get, I'm like a little bit of a workaholic, you know? So I'm like really, I'm very, I think I'm a very disciplined person, but I think sometimes it can be a very negative thing because I get so sucked into my work that like, I find my value in my work. And when work isn't going well, it's like, obviously it's great when I have, seven clients in a month but what about the month where I have two like am I still just as valuable and I think that I've really had to reflect and be really intentional with reminding myself that my value doesn't come from how many clients I get or how much money I'm making but it really just comes from me like with a business or without a business my value is the same but I think that regardless of me saying that I don't think I always believe that, right? It's easy to say it because, yeah, we know it to be true. But do I really believe that in the way that I behave, in the way that I feel when I have two clients versus eight, right? Like, I'd be feeling like, what? Throw the whole thing away, right? But the reality is that that's really life and that's really entrepreneurship. So I think a few of the losses have just had to do with me finding my value in my work, being very over-consumed by my work, um, because there's always something to do. Like there's not a time where there's not something to do, you know, but I think really like that organization aspect and setting boundaries. I know you talk about that a lot on this podcast. I think setting boundaries has been really big and really taking time to get to know myself and things that I guess I value and that really fill my cup. Cause I think so often I can get so caught up, like, doing everything for everybody and doing everything for every business that that's my client that I forget like okay sis like what fills you up because you're not going to be able to pour out anymore if you don't fill yourself up I think boundaries have been really really key um taking the time to like something that I love to do is go to the sunset and read I sit at the sunset I read a book and I really enjoy that but I think whenever I first started my business I stopped doing that. I would do it before, but now I had so much to do that I'm like, who's going to go to the sunset and read what? Are you crazy? I have like so many clients trying to hit me up like, what do you mean? So I think that was 
kind of going, reminding myself of what life looked like before and taking what was important. Okay, since you need rest in your life, right? Like you need to fill your cup in other areas. Maybe you need to read your Bible, you know, maybe you need to just spend some time worshiping God, like with nothing else. And I think that reminding myself of those things that filled my cup once that I wasn't really doing because I was busy, just like, okay, if you keep being busy, you're going to get burnt out really quick, which I have felt that way, right? Kind of like when you feel burnt out, you'd be ready to throw everything away. Like, no man, I'm in the business. Like, I'm going to go get a job and mind my business, right? And and I think that's really, I also feel like there's no shame in that feeling because that's a real feeling. Like, there's been moments where I'm just like, I don't want any parts in this. Like, I'm sick. I'm done. I don't want responsibility. Just it's shut down the whole LLC right but it's like that's you know that's a valid feeling am I gonna act on that no but it's like okay Rosalie I feel you it's okay to feel that way you know that's a real feeling <laughs> yeah it, it feels like a marriage that you can't come out <laughs> you can't divorce oh my god that is so true wow yes that is a very accurate explanation <laughs> oh my goodness I know you felt that way too girl very much so very much so (laughs) Um, especially when you're in the process of monetizing it you're like Mm -hmm. where like yeah is this it (laughs) but something yeah definitely is like see keep going I'm just like yeah exactly and I think that that's so important because I think what we see, and we were talking about this, like, what we see on social media is, like, like fast success. Like, in a year, they went from zero to a million, and oh, my God. And it's just, like, that is nice, but, like, that's not really what happens to most people. And I think that there's so much beauty in the process. Because, yes, that's nice, but, like, who are you, like, when nobody's watching? Have you built up the character to sustain this million dollar business you know and I think of right now like if if okay let's say I pray for all these things but if like God brought me maybe the clients I'm praying for I'd be like they're paying me twenty thousand dollars and like what am I supposed to do I I still have issues with not relying on my team I still have issues with doing everything myself I mean when you get a twenty thousand dollar client you can't do everything yourself right so it's like yeah it's easy to pray for something and want something but it's like are you in that process, becoming the person who can sustain that. Because, yeah, then God gives it to me, and I lose it, and now I have a bad reputation in this business because I can't sustain it, you know? It's like, you know what? I'll take the pruning. (laughs) I'll take the growing and processing so that when I get there, I'm sustained there versus getting there and losing it, you know? And taking your time, too, of, like, deciding who comes on your team not because at times it could be you don't want to get to the point either where you're so overwhelmed over your head with work that you're like okay you come come help me you know like whoever please somebody (laughs) I don't want to get to that point either because then like that's gonna be double the work because then what if that doesn't work out that's not the aligned you know person that you're supposed to be working with so like Mm -hmm. Also knowing how you said, like, there's beauty in the pace and mm. getting to know your team, whoever you're deciding to bring on board and building, like, relationships with them. And because trust is a big yeah. thing, 
you know, when I first had, I'm going to be transparent right now. When I first had you come on, for me, trust is very big. And I was like, yeah, but it's a two-way street. Like, she needs to trust you, too, that you're going to allow her to work and do her job. And I, and I, because I've been in that position, too, where, you know, I'm alpha, I'm alpha just like you. And mm-hmm. I've been in situations where I was micromanaged. And I was like, I can't do my job because you won't let me, you wow. know. And so I came, thank God, thankfully, like, came down on me with that and was like, remember how you wanted to be treated when you were her or if you were in that situation and working and doing a service for someone. Wow, that's big. I I guess, like, that's really big. I'm, like, shook by it because that's so important because I hate being micromanaged, right? Like, as alphas. I do, too. We're very like, I hate, but at the same time, I'm the micromanager half the time. So it's like, how do you feel when someone tries to do that to you? When you remember that, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. Because <laughs> you remember how you feel when that's being done to you, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So building building trust is a real thing. Having mm-hmm. trust in whoever you're you're hiring and also having trust in whoever is leading you too because maybe they're giving you this task or they're doing this just to guide you in the direction that you're supposed to be going into mm-hmm. you know so with that said let's talk about our views on urban economic equity yeah um, you know I, I know that you had asked me earlier what was my view on urban economic equity and I was telling you you know for me, you reside in Miami, and I'm currently in Massachusetts. So where I'm at is very rural compared to where you're at. And so we mm-hmm. were talking about the impact of your business and what it has mm-hmm. in regards to the way that you charge or you might go about your business or how you monetize it or just overall what you may, what you feel fitted in order to do the job that you need to do, right? Um, because of where you might reside um, and just not limiting yourself either to who you work with. Thankfully, like I, your job allows you to work remotely, right? To work in, yeah. with all different types of clients. So let's talk a, l- a little bit about that. Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah. And obviously, like you were saying, like when I first heard this, I'm like, so what do you mean by that? Right. But I think once you explain it, it's, it's, it's so important and even what you were talking about, about being able to monetize yourself in different ways. And I think so often we kind of put ourselves in a box of like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, da, da, da. but it's like, man, I remember when you reached out to me, I'm like, oh, my God, like, she lives where? Like, obviously, you were my first client somewhere other than Miami. And I'm just like, wow, but I'm like, oh, my God, you know, but it, it's so cool that we're able to do that. And even at the same time, like you were saying, I think city right, Miami, which is very, very city, versus somewhere else, it's very different. And I think it's important to take that into consideration, right? And I think for me as well, let's say, let's say with a project that I, I really take into consideration what that project is gonna, is, it's not just about the current moment, but what that project can lead to. So I think sometimes, right, like as business owners, yes, you need to make your money, right? Obviously, you don't work for free. But I think that so often I really do take into consideration, like, man, if I take on this project, how many clients can this project bring me? 
And I think that's really important when you're thinking about pricing. And even like, obviously, you live in Boston. I live here. It's like, okay, obviously, pricing is different, right? But then when we, I guess, play the long game versus playing the short term game, I think it's really important for business because sometimes we end up losing so many clients because we're trying to play the short term game versus playing the long game and you end up with so much more, even if it's not right at the moment, right? But in the long term, you're gaining so much more by, it doesn't mean you have to do that for everybody, but if you really feel like this client is going to bring you, I've just for the entrepreneurs, if you feel like this client is going to bring you more than just what it looks like at face value, it's important to take that into consideration. And I feel like that has really helped me as well. It's like, okay, you know, I'll take that into consideration because if I want more clients like this person, maybe their budget isn't as high as I would like it to be. Maybe it's lower than what I would usually do. But what is this going to result in? Is it going to be worth it? And I think when we think about that, it's like, okay, this is going to be worth it. So even though I might not be gaining everything now, in the long term, I'm gaining more, you know? Um, So I think that's important to take into consideration. Yeah. And specifically, too, as you, because we're collaborating more so, um, we yeah. work together. You, you know, mm-hmm. you don't work for me. I don't work for you. Like we basically, this is a collaboration relationship um, where pretty much I have you come on and I let you know, like, hey, this is like what I would like for it to do. And then you give me your consultation on like what you can do and what what your business entails. And so... Yeah. From there, when I talk, when I when I put the word urban in front of the economic equity, I do that on purpose because at times, and this is very transparent and real, as we know, the word urban comes from working with inner cities, different diversities, working with different cultural backgrounds, and specifically at times that that may be the marginalized community, right? And so I was saying how important for it is for us to advocate for our prices and what we mm-hmm. value ourselves to be worth, you know, but at the same time, also keeping in mind, like certain clients, if you want to really have that equity, certain clients may require different um, needs. They may have different needs from another client or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same business. Like I'm a podcast compared to someone who may be something else, you know? Um, And hopefully as things grow, as, as, as I grow, you, you, you grow with me. That's the whole that's the whole purpose. Right. But I'm not going to be able to grow if if it's above me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like above my above a mean that you may not be able to like afford. So being very intentional and mindful of who you're working with, too. Um, I think it's major. Mm -hmm. And I hope that listeners can take away when you're actually going out there, creating these media relations with and collaborating with other people and starting to create your own equity in mm-hmm. economic equity right and something that's really important for me is authenticity like I think I'll take like when somebody even you know when I'm on a call with someone they just tell me their budget I can work with that so much more because reality is that everybody has something in mind you know but I think sometimes we're like oh and it's just like man when somebody is just like hey this is what I can do I really want to work with you and I think that was like that was us it was like hey like this is what I can do I really want to work with you and And we worked with that, right? But versus, I think authenticity can take you so far as a client and as a business owner, right? Like, 
in both sides, it just takes you so far when you're just authentic. Even like, hey, this is not usually my price, but honestly, your authenticity, I wouldn't work with you. And so this may not be my price, but this is what it's going to be for you. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I feel like that authenticity, I feel like really helps in in business and in life. So, And not feeling guilty about it, because sometimes I feel like other people, certain people may perceive it as like, you're being only business minded and it's like no I'm not just being business minded if you really take the time aside to talk to me and flesh it out you can get a better idea but it's like you have to want to take the time to do that you know Mm -hmm. um and, and realize why that person might be requesting what they're requesting or learning more as to why that person maybe may not be able to meet that need or whatever so like if it's your business, you decide how you go about it right. and having those mm-hmm. things in mind. Exactly. So major. <laughs> so major. Yeah. No, seriously. Um, but tell us a little bit, aside from that, you know, if you had anything else to add on about that, let me know. But I wanted, I do want to move on and talk about, like, what was the response from your family and friends when you decided to start your own business? Yeah. Um, I think it was a mixed response. I think with any business, you know, some people are very supportive and other people, I guess, don't really understand because I wouldn't say not supportive. You know, I think everybody was supportive in a sense, just in their own way. Right. Because some people don't understand it. Like my grandma may not really understand that I'm in my room editing and I'm like making money off of that. Like, what do you mean? You have to like, even though she's entrepreneurship minded. To her, it was entrepreneurship in a very physical sense. Right. Like mm-hmm. I own a hair salon right so I think sometimes people may not understand the concept especially older people right of like I guess what business can look like nowadays um but I think I did have a lot of support a little confusion by a little like "Mm." but I think that I took it all with like a grain of salt and something that I've I guess I've realized and I've worked on is that if you, it's like if you live for the applause of people, you'll die, like, at their criticism. I don't know exactly what the quote is, but it's kind of like, man, if I, yes, it's awesome if you applaud me for what I'm doing, but I can't live for your applause, because then when you criticize me, I'm gonna, it's gonna hit me, right? So it's kind of like, I think I've gotten to a place where, like, applause, criticism, I'm kind of just like, thank you, thank you, and, like, move on and move forward, um and not get too excited about the applause and not get too down about the criticism it's kind of just like this like middle ground where it's like I appreciate it okay and I kind of move forward um where I think for so long I was so consumed with people's applause and like doing things for people's applause but then you realize when the criticism comes that you're living for that and now you feel like you're not able to do what you do because there's criticism but it's like you're never going to get out of criticism. Like, you're forever going to be criticized. It doesn't matter what you do. Somebody's going to be critical of it. It could be amazing. It could be your dream. You're going to get criticized, you know. Even when, obviously, I I think sometimes we say, oh, you know, whenever my business takes off, like all the critics, even when your business takes off, there's still going to be critics, you know. Like, there's just always critics. (laughs) So I think when we just kind of take, compliments and criticism with a grain of salt we're able to like just kind of stay level-headed it's like okay you know I think that's helped me a lot yeah I'm, I know I'm kind of crazy you know I'm like ah, yeah thank you but it's like okay Roselli, oof, take it take it easy you know 
because if not, you'll be like a roller coaster of emotions. Oh my goodness. That's right. so funny because that really could be me too. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I think probably other people too yeah, um, can relate to definitely. that. And it's always very, um, that's why it's important to know who you keep around you too because mm-hmm. you don't want too much of, of something either. You don't want people always, also like with too much to say, too much criticism mm-hmm. or also like too much of like, oh, you're doing great, honey. Yeah, well, like, the, yes, the, yeah. What is it? The mean girl's mom? Like, you're great, oh, honey. You're like, doing you're great, sweetie. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay. I want to bring it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, finding a balance. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. And so tell us about your strengths and what could, and what is a work in progress right now. Right. Um, I think my work in progress is being a better listener. I I guess even growing up in like a very Dominican household, it's very like, which I can appreciate in a sense, but I think it's also something I have to work on. Kind of like that very like talk over each other and like you know it's just like it's not normal. So it's like to me, it's like what do you mean? Like we're feeling each other's vibe, like we're talking over each other. It's only because I'm interested in the conversation type of thing. I feel like. To me, talking over somebody is just because I'm eager and I'm excited to be talking to you. But I think that's also lack of listening because I'm only listening to respond and not to understand. So I think really finding that balance between, yeah, it's part of culture and it's great. But then at the same time, like it's bleeding into other areas of my life where I'm not really listening to people when they actually have something like when we're having, let's say, a heart to heart. Right. So I'm applying that same thing when we're having a party to a heart to heart and it's not the same. So I think learning to listen is something that I've been working on for a while. You know, it's hard out here because your girl be having a lot to say. But reality is that I can learn so much more if I listen. And it's not that I I, I don't listen, but I really feel like I can get a lot better at listening and really listening to understand and not necessarily just to, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, so, and it's just like, okay, but, like, did you really hear what they said? You know, like, did you... Or are you just saying your point, you know? Um, so I think that's something that definitely is a weakness of mine and I've definitely been working on. And I think, like we talked about earlier, I think one of my strengths is that I'm really disciplined uh, when it comes to work, when it comes to, I think even in life, like working on and stuff like that, I can really like turn the switch on in my brain that's like, I don't care if you feel like it, you're doing it type of thing, which I think is a strength. But like we talked about earlier as well, I think can also be a weakness because you're so like that like discipline mode at all times and it's just like girl like unclench your booty cheeks like it's okay you can live life and not be so <laughs> like so stern you know <laughs> I'm a so that's something that I've been like okay there's a, there's a balance just you know discipline is important but at the same time just chilling and not doing nothing is important too you know so just giving myself grace and like okay you didn't work out today it's okay, girl. You didn't work out today. Like, okay, whatever. You'll work out tomorrow, you know? So I feel like that, like, balance, finding that balance between discipline and also grace because, like, you work really hard and, like, you can rest if you, like, listen to your body. I feel like discipline is great, but sometimes I don't listen to my body and, like, okay, my body doesn't, it's not, it's not doing it today. And that's okay, you know? No, that's major. Because yeah. I'll be trying to force myself sometimes. And my body's like, shut down. Stop. 
Stop, right? <laughs> but I have yes. to do. <laughs> Let me be great. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's real. Absolutely. And then my last but not least question is your view on generational worth and letting us know where you are at in your journey now. I really value generational wealth and I feel like it's something that I'm really passionate about because I feel like especially at my age I'm 21 years old right I'm like super young and I think that often people especially at my age kind of they kind of see it as like YOLO right which YOLO is cool but then at the same time it's like it's really important to sacrifice now so we're not like so we can enjoy the fruits of our labor right so I feel like there's this balance um to create generational wealth we have to be willing to sacrifice because if not it doesn't happen generational wealth will not happen by accident right it's not going to happen by accident um and I think it's really important to I think sometimes we feel like ignorance is bliss and just like not learning about things but I feel like even like you know saving and investing like I don't know if you ever heard this, but like I always I've always heard said to me, like, you can't save your way to financial freedom. You can't save your way to, you know, um, I don't know if you ever heard, but like, you know what they say, like you can't save your way to financial freedom. And I feel like that's really been something that I've taken seriously. And it's important to it's like knowledge is cool. But you know how they say like it's really applied knowledge that's power, you know. So learning about all the things like investing and things that can actually create generational wealth. And then at the same time applying it. Cause like, okay, I know all these things, but am I applying it? So I feel like that's been um big for me. Gaining the knowledge. Cause I think sometimes we're fearful because we are not knowledgeable. Not necessarily because we're really fearful. So whenever you gain the knowledge, then we're able to apply it. So I think that's where I've been, and that's kind of like my view on generational wealth. I think it's important to sacrifice now, enjoy yourself, but really take into consideration, like, if I continue to do what I'm doing, where am I going to be in 20 years, right? It's like, I mean, that's important, right? No. <laughs> so that balance, and I know you said, where are you now on your journey? <laughs> Honestly, now I'm just really growing as, you know, as a business owner, as a person. I don't know. I'm just learning, really learning a lot about myself, learning a lot about myself as a leader. Um, I think sometimes learning a lot about my emotions. I know it's not even the topic, but I think that's important. I think it's helped me to be able to be a better entrepreneur, right? Because it really is all one. Like, it's all so interconnected. I think for so long, something that I feel like is part of my story is like for so long, I saw like emotions as like a really big weakness. Like I thought like you can't be a strong woman and show emotions at the same time. Right. Because in my family and in my culture, it's like women don't say nothing. They get cheated on a thousand times and they like just stick it through. And, you know, that's just the Dominican culture. And I feel like that was what I believed I was like oh okay so like that's what a strong woman is and 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 there is strength in that I'm not saying there isn't but that's not the strong woman I want to be I want to be a strong woman who is strong enough to say hey I'm feeling really burnt out today so I'm going to close my computer and I'm not going to work you know what I'm feeling really disrespected so I'm going to go and have a conversation with that person not just ignore it so I think that's really like 
not that there's anything wrong with what people have done, but just really redefining what strong woman wants to meant means to me has been really important in my journey. And it's all interconnected. Like I said, like that's helped me become a better business owner. That's helped me make more money. That's helped me like reality is that that's helped me in every area. So I think once we really like, it's easy to say, Oh yeah. Like I think really what you are on the inside is what you reflect, right? Like, I don't think you can make 10K a month without, like, being that first on the inside. You know what I'm saying? I think that's so important. Like, sometimes we focus so much on, like, the numbers, but it's, like, what is the root? Do you believe you can make that? Like, what is the root issue? And I think so often we kind of don't talk about that and just talk about all the things you have to do to get there. But it's, like, yeah, but, like, are you working on you on the inside? Because really the outside only reflects what's on the inside. Um, so, yeah, I've just been working on me, you know. That's where I'm at. <laughs> where are you guys? Now you know where Rosalia is at <laughs> and where, where she's at her, in her journey and where hopefully we can be a part of and witness her, witness us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I feel yeah. like at times God may put you in certain situations and relationships or collaborations for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, learn from each other. And no matter how old you may be, because I may be 10 years older than you, but at the same time, I feel like you have so much wisdom that I'm learning from. Mm-hmm. And it's like, please, um, that's one of the, the things I can't help but like say that I learned too. Like, don't think because you're, a certain age or you're at a certain uh, point in your life or you're at a different stage in your journey or whatever that you can't learn from someone older or younger from you Mm -hmm. there has to be mutual respect at the end of the day there that's the thing don't think because you're older that like you deserve a certain like respect or whatever like I think that things are very much earned like I don't. Mm, that's I don't, good. I know. I wish somebody told me that five years ago. Okay, because it's like, man, that really stops you. Those like limiting beliefs really stop you believing. Like, oh, I'm too young to do that, or I'm too old to do that. I'm too this, and it's like, girl, no, you're perfect. <laughs> Listen, it took me up to uh, when was it? Twenty eight. At twenty eight was when I figured out that I wanted to change my path. Um, cause I was mm. constantly on the go, 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 get this done, get this done. And then at 28, there was like an intervention, <laughs> a divine intervention wow. where it was like, mm-hmm. stop. You're not gonna be able to like survive. You know how some people have like, um, substance abuse intervention or, or whatever, to, like whatever the, their thing may be. Mine was like how you said my kryptonite mm-hmm. is work. And God was like, this is Mm. your drug. Stop. Wow. (laughs) Like divine intervention. And even when I'm sad, like it's my go-to. Like I rely on my work. Like what am I going to do? Like that song um, from Solange, um, like Cranes in the Sky, that she's like, I try to work it away. But that only made me sadder than ever it was. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Solange, take my edges. (laughs) <laughs> they're yours <laughs> right but okay give us your takeaways yeah. and suggestions tools advice and where can we find you yeah I mean I think my biggest takeaway um I guess that I wish somebody told me is like the market isn't too oversaturated for you like whatever your passion is 
Um, there's room for you. There's room at the table for you. Like what you bring to the table is so different than anybody else. Um, and just stay in your lane. Like I think that's so important. And I have to remind myself of that every single day. Like stay in your lane. Like it's like that their lane is their lane. My lane is my lane. There's no need for me to compare or it's just we're different. Right. And we're on different paths. And like they might be ahead. It doesn't matter. I'm here and they're there. And I think it's so important. Like whenever you stay in your lane and you're just focused on what God has given you to do, you have no time to be comparing. Um, so there's room for you. I feel like that's, that's just my takeaway. Like that's been so important for me. And even though it's never, but at the same time, don't shame yourself if you do compare for a moment because it happens, right? Like that's real, but just continuously remind yourself, whether that's through affirmations or journaling or your wallpaper on your phone, like that there is room for you and your lane and somebody else's lane are so different. Um, so I would say that's my takeaway. Awesome. And where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Roselia Stella, R-I-C-E-L-Y-E-S-T-E-L-A. Um, same thing for YouTube. We'll have the stuff in the description, obviously. I'm the one who does that. <laughs> um, so on YouTube as well, like I said, um, I haven't posted in like a few months, but I've been working on some new videos. Obviously, now they have to do with like entrepreneurship and, you know, my company and like kind of like behind the scenes and whatever. So that's kind of the lane where I'm going with YouTube now. So, yeah, and obviously my business at The Glow Media um, on Instagram and also my website is theglowmedia.com. So that's where you can find me. And you'll now you'll have this content to add onto your page too. <laughs> right. <laughs> and any yeah. um, resources and references that helped you get to where you are now, for example, any books, any websites, any mm-hmm gurus any youtube gurus or whoever that keep you motivated someone that has really impacted me i don't know if you guys ever heard of her but her name is lisa nichols i just finished reading her book called abundance now and that book is life-changing okay after the bible that is the book okay (laughs) that's amazing i love that book so that book has really changed me it's a really I think what's the what's the difference is I feel like sometimes we read books and we kind of don't apply anything, but it's a very applicable book. Like she's like, okay, do this. Okay, this, there's this visualization. Like like very very um applicable, which I feel like is really important. So that book has really changed me. Boundaries, the book called Boundaries, is really good too. Book. There's so I many books. It. Okay, they'll be in the description. But there's so many good books. Um, reading is so important, and I, I would say this is not necessarily a resource, but I think having a morning routine has been so important. Uh, to keep me sane as an entrepreneur, right? Like really taking it can be 15 minutes, it can be 30 minutes, it can be five minutes, just whatever you can do. But I think that has been really important for me to stay sane and focused and not not get burnt out right like those 30 minutes I need them or I'm not the same person (laughs) so I was saying that can that can be a lot of different things for me it may be reading my bible journaling and affirmations for somebody else it may be mean just meditating for somebody else it just depends on you but I think that has been really key for me so yeah or listening to a podcast wink wink Right? Or listen to a podcast. Yes. Right? Mahogany Honey podcast, to be exact. (laughs) 
But this has been right. so great, and I loved having you on. I again, I learn from all of my guest speakers. I really do every time, and there's always a serendipitous moment, um, and I'm so happy for it. And thank you, <laughs> Roselli, for doing this and coming on board. Um, super appreciated. So help me. Yeah. Bye. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe before you go. Until next time.